All right, welcome to the A-Game Podcast. We got a Thursday episode out on time this week with a very special episode with Mr. Ryan Clark, who I've been trying to get on for a long time. He is part of Fast Sale Florida. He is also one of the co-instructors of the Fast Track Me Real Estate Investing Course, partners with the always entertaining and intelligent Chris Kelly. So Ryan is the PPC, the Google Ads, the, the statistics, the data side of it. Really, really important stuff. I, I wish my brain worked like that a little bit better, but I've been trying to work it. And uh, just listen to the stuff he says. You know, it's interesting to see this guy's brain and the way he works it and the things he looks at and all the stuff you would have never even thought about that go into a business that they bought from five properties a year that are now up, or I think, 150 to 200 properties a year, often making six figures. So they've done an incredible thing. They really have this side of it figured out. So if you are looking to potentially invest into some marketing, this is something that you might want to look at, especially with all the changes that's happening in Facebook and Google ads. And you can really invest with the wrong people or blow your budget really quick and not get anything for it. So he drops a lot of really good knowledge for no matter what your marketing tools are to make sure that you have special things and the stuff that you need and websites and what kind of things you should be looking and really peeling back the layers to see what he's looking at and what types of functionality and important things you should have when you're looking to market and seeing if PPC and Google ads is something that you're even interested in doing. And if so, he breaks it down on a very basic level and then on a very detailed level. So a little something for everybody on this and then just some good business and life stuff and some good laughs and some good information just in general for business owners, entrepreneurs, and real estate investors as always. So thank you so much, Ryan Clark. Thank you for Chris Kelly for letting me borrow him. Of course, this episode is sponsored in part by Nationwide Business Capital Group, Go on the show notes and email Marianne or go on nicknicknick.com slash links and under affiliates, you will see a link to click to get your real estate deals funded by Marianne. Reach out to her, let her know that the A-Game podcast sent you over. You will get a special treatment. She will make sure she takes care of you as a priority. If you have bad credit, good credit, money, no money, experience, no experience, you want to do single family homes, you want to do rentals, you want to do fix and flips, you need bridge loans, you need credit lines, you need to get creative. Marianne and Nationwide Business Capital Group are some of the most creative lenders out there. They can get you taken care of, especially if they know that you came over as part of the A-Game podcast. So if funding is something you need, go on nicknick.com slash links under affiliates and reach out to Marianne right now to start the conversation. Even if you don't have a deal, this is going to be the first thing that you need to do. So people, people reach out to me a lot and they say, hey, I want to work together. What's the first thing I should be doing? And often I say, call Marianne. Let's figure out how we can get you approved for some financing so we can figure out what types of deals, how big a deal, what type of price point, any hurdles we're going to have so we can learn to work around it and get you your deal. So reach out to her today. That's going to be the first step in getting your real estate investing journey going. As far as properties, reach out to me, nicknicknick.com slash links. You will see all the ways to subscribe to this podcast. So please, please, please subscribe to this podcast, share it, listen to it, um, leave reviews, leave comments. It all really, really helps interact with me on Instagram. So all of our show, all of our um, social media links are on that as well, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, all the above, that's all on there too under nicknicknick.com slash links. So reach out, figure out if you want to buy properties from me, sell properties to me, or partner up on some deals. Let's figure out a way to get you started. Do not wait, do not hesitate. Lastly, as a bonus, it's still out. Go to nicknicknick.com slash biggerpockets and you can get the free checklist on all the ways to add value to your buyers as a wholesaler or as a real estate agent or broker. Free checklist, nicknicknick.com slash biggerpockets. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for supporting the podcast. Thank you to our sponsors. Please check them out so they can keep the lights on and keep this going. Have a great day. Have a great week.
Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. All right, my guest today on the A-Game Podcast. Finally, I got him all the way from Melbourne, Australia, from Fast Sale, Florida, and one of the co-teachers of the Fast Track Me course, my PPC ninja, Mr. Ryan Clark. Welcome to the A-Game Podcast. Thank you for getting up very early and jumping out all the way from Australia to give us some PPC tips today. Oh, thanks, Nick. Yeah, thanks for having me. I know we've been wanting to get this aligned up for a little while, and there's uh, there's time zones and me being all <laughs> over the world, but uh, yeah, we've got there. So now I'm very excited to be be on here today. You are in high demand, man. No worries. I know you guys are you're moving and shaking. You do all kinds of things on the the education side, and then on the business side, and then on the real estate side. I know, um, you know, for people who have listened to this in the past, you are the partner with Chris Kelly, who has been on this twice and is a friend of mine. We're in some masterminds together. And I came and actually took your fast track me course and uh, I hadn't met you before that. And I was just blown away with the way your brain works and the, the information and all the analytics and stuff. And, you know, it's like anything else, you know, you, you hear about these things. And for people that are starting out new, it's all kind of like already overwhelming. Like, where do I go? What do I do? But, you know, I started digging into a lot of different things and you start to peel back the onion and see how much actually goes into all of these things, man. And I was blown away and completely understood why, like Chris handles one thing and you handle your thing. And like, it's, it's just a separate world. But for people who don't know, like we'll, we'll dig deeper into all of it, but give a little bit about your background of how you got involved in this and, and why it was such a natural fit for you. Yeah. So um, yeah, great question. I, um, so my background is, is statistics. Um, <laughs> I've got a master's in stats and I've got this, uh, I've got a marketing um, and management undergraduate. So I guess I've become one of those hybrids of pretty fortunate of the evolution of the way things have, have gone over the last number of years that we no longer see a consumer, but we get their, their information. So if we look at a website, it's, um, you know, a, a abundance of information. It's how you inform the decisions of that. So I was pretty fortunate, I think, to fall into, um, into the industry myself. Um, my background's banking and finance. Um, but then quite quickly moved into uh, the body shop and they, they were owned by L'Oreal at the time and uh, was brought in to set up their e-commerce function. So um, they were doing about a hundred million in online sales alone um, when I came on. So for a little, for a business that only sells, you know, a product that's worth say 15, $20 in terms of average basket size, it's a lot of transactions. So um I was pretty fortunate to uh, learn a lot of what I do today. Uh, those were really the foundations about understanding online, the online marketplace, um, customer journeys, marketing acquisition. There's there's lots of goodness there. Um, so yeah, and then the, the Chris Chris piece. Um, well, I am. Um, uh, I end up marrying his sister, so um, <laughs> we end up having a. <laughs> I didn't even yeah, so we end up uh, end up meeting, and uh, it was pretty funny. The first meet, actually, we, we were all out to dinner, and um, I told him that I've got a bit of a um, 
uh, I've got a I've got a good tolerance for for hot food. And we went out to this as you do when you're up in north north uh, in Yorkshire, where where Chris is from. Um, you 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 go to a curry place. The curry places are in abundance. And um, we sat down, and I sort of said, oh, you know, I love I love spicy food." And Chris got to order, and then I didn't get to order because he goes, "Right, he's having what I'm having, and I'm having the vindaloo." I oh, know he's having a madras, which is the hottest Indian dish you can order. So he ordered it straight for me just to see what I was obviously made of. And <laughs> yeah, we're both sweating away. And I think we then had a mutual uh, respect for each other. Um, and then our relationship just evolved from there, really. So I was running a consultancy at the time. I know I'm fast, fast forwarding a little bit here, but um, running a digital consultancy. So I consulted to a load of Fortune 500 companies. Um, he was about to emigrate over to the U US and uh, he came to me with this idea and sort of said, um, you know, I've got this idea about um, setting up a real estate business, this fixing and flipping thing. Um, he, uh, he sort of came to me and said, you know, I know you can build a website, um, we can run some PPC. Um, and I was like, yeah, let's do it. So sort of scratched up some wireframes, which is like drawing up what we thought the website would look like on a, basically on a couple of napkins um, and what those user journeys look like. And he sort of said, oh, you know, let's put what, 300 bucks towards it. I'm like, yeah, $300 sounds good. And, and within that week, so I set up all the PPC campaigns. We got this lead and it was in Port Charlotte and, um, yeah, we end up buying the house. Uh, we, we bought it, I think, for thirty-five thousand um, dollars at the time. Um, had like iguanas in it. Some guy was <laughs> squatting at it. Um, uh, it was on a river. However, it was on a river arm in Port Charlotte. It was only around the corner from Chris. So we spent twenty k on it, and um, and uh, end up making I don't know. I think we saw one ten or one twenty or something like that. And that was really the birth of of the brand. We thought, geez, that was easy. Like. We spent three hundred dollars. I, I built the website for like fifteen hundred dollars, um, fleshed out some motivated terms in in PPC, and and then they got this amazing lead. So we really that again we 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 started off um, really slowly, and I think in the first sort of year or two we did about five properties because it was a side hustle for us, and then quite quickly we realised that we were onto something here, and. Um, you know, PPC was our, our main arm or form of marketing. And then cut to sort of two, three, four years later, we're, we're now doing, this year we'll, we're on track to do about 130 fix and flips. So um, we've now encompassed uh, the offline data piece, which is which is a big thing for us. We're always just we're like PPC, that's, that's all we're known for. And then Chris told me about all the value that um, this amazing thing that I guess you can only get in the US right now is this Freedom of Data Act. And yeah. I guess coming back to me, my um, all my all my history has been uh, around, um, I guess you'd call it big data is that is the word like data science and how to inform decisions. So um, with eBay, I worked at eBay and just you can imagine the abundance of data, like billions of lines of data. Um, again, like in, in the financial world, I was in risk and underwriting, so managed um, actuaries there. So we predicted future future events. So what is the likelihood of a storm or when's um, floods going to happen or um, when's this going to happen? So you need to 
get masses of data to be able to inform that decision. So the fact that it could get me these reams and reams of, uh, of owners or, or county information, um, and they're all in raw formats and things, I was like, just give me as much data as you can, give me as much data as you can. So, um, yeah, so that's that, that's our other now uh, stream stream of revenue. So we're not just the PPC. We're uh, we've, we've now <laughs> expanded the operations into a, um, probably a lot similar to everyone else um, as well in terms of getting these these lists and we score them now. Um, there's there's a lot of things that we that we're, we're trying to, uh, to 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 juice out of those as well. So. I think that's awesome, man. You know, there's a there's a few definitely things we can unpack from that. One of them being, you touched on when you guys first started, you only did five deals. And I think people listening that might get overwhelmed as we dig a little bit deeper into this, or even I've had people recently that said like, hey, I listened to your show. It was like too much information. Like understand that you guys didn't start doing 140 deals a year. But, you know, for somebody who who's working a normal job, if you could do five deals a year and I mean, you turned a hundred grand, even if they turned 50 grand on five of those deals and they're making 250 a year, that usually beats what most people are getting at a W2 job. Like, and that allows you to now, okay, now I can take what I was only doing on nights and weekends. Like you said, my side hustle and make that my full-time hustle and probably at least double that. And I think that's where, you know, it starts to, you start to learn more and you start to readjust. So I think that that's an important point to learn is that it just starts there and people get, they get overwhelmed and they don't know where to start. So you guys doing that, I think is a testament because I've known Chris for a few years now and I watched him, I think at first when he was like, oh, we're doing like, you know, 15, 20 a year. And then the next year it was like 80. And then all of a sudden, so like you watch it just start to snowball as you get that momentum. But the other thing that I think is fascinating is if you had taken me back in like high school and told me that like, hey, pick a major for college, I would have never thought that studying statistics and finance, well, finance, yeah, but statistics and stuff would have never sounded sexy to me. And now if I had a time machine and I could go back, that I would do exactly what you're doing because I see that really all of this, whether it's houses or gym memberships or, or anything, it all comes out to studying data and statistics. And if you can figure out how to do things like you're doing and figure out like the predictive stuff and, and the, the behaviors and the patterns, like it's um, it's everything. It's literally everything. So I find that stuff absolutely fascinating. And I'm seeing that that's where all the money is made, that it's actually a business. And that's all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes that people don't see on Flip This House. And, you know, being in a competitive market like you guys are, um, when people hear things like lists and like, they don't really know going direct to seller and doing all these PPC things. So explain a little bit for, for like just one-on-one stuff, like what exactly is PPC and why would somebody use it? Because I just did some research on it. And I did see that they said 65% of all small to mid-sized businesses do use PPC. And out of those, if you can get somebody to click on a PPC ad, they are statistically twice as likely to buy the product that they're clicking on versus natural stuff. So, you know, it, it's all about competitive edge. And that seems to give you guys a huge competitive edge when you're using it the right way. Yeah, so PPC is uh, paid per click. So um, there's multiple platforms, but the primary platform um, that most people will be using is Google. Um, Yahoo or Bing has also got their own platform where you can pay uh, or, or do perform pay-per-click marketing. Um, and really when you when you break it down, um, you will see whenever you go into a search engine that there's, uh, there's these little sponsored ads, uh, little little stamps beside each of, each of the points. So the way that pay-per-click marketing is anytime you put in a search query, so say something like sell my house or sell my house fast, um, 
there'll be an instantaneous, a real-time bid going on in the background. So loads of companies will start bidding and bidding and bidding and depending on your signal. So whether it's, um, I don't know, whether you're on a mobile phone or um, depending on your location, the time of day, there's loads of elements there that people will bid on and you can increase your bid or reduce your bid. Now it's like going into an auction, right? So if I bid the most and depending on a few other things, then I will uh, appear in say position one, someone else will appear in position two and then generally position three are the sort of top three spots on a desktop. Less so on a mobile. So in terms of um, the importance of, of, of being number one is, is, is a lot more important on a mobile device because there's only really one spot on a mobile device these days that they're taking over less real estate. And also if you think about scrollability, but in essence, it's being in those top three spots. Now, those top three spots on a, in general terms will take about 70% of that volume of traffic. So if I put in sell my house, um, there's going to be the three top spots for um, an ad or ad placements. And then below that, you've got all the natural organic. That's all your SEO. And they get about 30% of the equity. So when it's a generic term like that, it, it really pays to be um, paying to play in, in essence and, and pay per click because the majority of the traffic or the volume goes into paid and the rest. Now, that's different for branding because people know what they're looking for. And then if they see someone else bidding on a brand, then they'll generally go below the, uh, the ad spots and then click on the, the natural organic listing of the brand, or they'll, or they'll type it in, in directly into the URL. But um, so the way that then works is that for every time someone clicks on your, uh, on your ad, you then pay Google. You, you, there's an impression, which means they see your ad and then there's a click. So there is a lot of value in still being number one and getting your brand awareness out there. And then the only time you'll pay is when someone clicks on that, on that ad. Um, and then that takes you through to the website naturally, but, uh, but yeah, pay-per-click advertising um, can be extremely expensive um, depending on if you know what you're doing or not. Um, so there's always a lot of, um, there's a lot of opportunity, particularly to, to hone that. And I think that's where the data comes into it. So understanding what, again, I've probably touched on a few of them there. Are you performing better on your certain devices, times of day, um, the areas that you want to, in, in the real estate world, I guess location is really important, right? So um, are you getting clicks in areas that you can buy or, or take down that, that property? Um, so, yeah. So I think that that's interesting. Now I, I see a lot of um, a lot of people advertising for you know hey you you want to advertise on Instagram you want to advertise on Facebook. What are you seeing as like a big difference or a big benefit to doing Google advertising versus social media advertising? Taking a, like off the table all the changes that just happened in Facebook advertising because we could talk about that. But are you seeing like a, a better lead or a higher conversion? or like a, a more targeted lead from doing it through Google than through social media? Yeah, so I mean, we don't, we don't do any through social media um, through the real estate business, uh, Far South Florida. So the reason being is I've, um, like I said, my background is in digital consulting and, and what, what, what I've seen with other brands um, and, and larger Fortune 500 brands is that we just, again, and this is just more from, from what, from my industry-based um, knowledge is that we just convert at, 
at a better rate, um, particularly on uh, Google Ads. And the other part of that is the way that um, Facebook attributes. So I don't want to go too far down that, but but attribution is a big piece on Facebook. Um, they can cannibalize your revenue and make it appear to be better than than what it actually is. So I've always leaned on, like, leaned particularly with our business on PPC, only because the volumes there. Um, we're getting a really great ROI and, and it's all, all about the traceability and tracking of the effectiveness. So knowing these are the terms or these are the display ads that we're doing, um, the attribution's a lot easier to understand. You know, I, I really appreciate that answer because you can't be great at everything and you do see the people, which is going to kind of lead to my next thing is I was doing some research on PPC and just general stuff before we got on because I knew you were coming on. And it was like, everybody was like hitting you like sign up here, schedule a consultation. And just from being in industries of education forever, I know that there's a lot of people that are probably pushing advertising, Facebook advertising, PPC. But when you join up with them, they're probably getting somebody who's reading out of a manual does not have an education in statistics and is not running a multi-minute, like they just, they're not specialists. And that's why I always look for black belts because at the end of the day, it's like you said, it can get really expensive really fast. And that's what I start to find is when I talk to people who go, I tried it, it didn't work. All my money got blown off. They're not doing it with somebody who really understands and specializes in that. And I think that's kind of what separates you and Chris, as you could tell when you talk to Chris about his real estate side of it. When you talk to you about the statistics side of it, you guys really know what you're doing and you really stand by it and you're very quick to say like, this is what I do, this is what I don't do. And I think over time, that's been a huge value to me is, is understanding that people who are successful, they might not know everything that they want, but they know what they don't want and they know what they don't do. And I think when I came and I saw you guys having that attitude towards marketing to a specific type of lead. And you guys really like drilling in, like you need to figure out like what types of houses you don't want, what types of people you don't want clicking because now you're wasting energy and money and time for leads that are no good or houses that are in areas you don't want or a demographic that you're not really marketing to. So I think niching that down, it was huge. And one of the first things you kind of brought up was like, hey, what's your website? Let me even look at your website because some people think that just the general WordPress or carrot site is all you need. And there were so many even things with just that, that would make a big difference in the, the efficiency of what you were doing. So break down a little bit of some of the stuff you were talking about of having an efficient website. And then I'd like to kind of go a little bit deeper into there after that. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I'll just go back to your point because I think you made a really relevant one about um, about people that bring on agencies or they bring on um, you know consultants or whoever else. And the reason why I think we've done exceptionally well is, is and then I'll, I'll jump into the website. But I think the first piece is I've, um, I've done uh, company audits for, for L'Oreal. I've done them for Colgate and Palmolive. Um, uh, so I, I audit uh, agencies and I audit um, their, their performance marketing, so pay-per-click and everything like that. I think what the, dis, the distinct difference of why this industry is so different and why we've been able to excel and why you have to be data-driven is because if I use um, like a L'Oreal or a Colgate, for instance, they're selling toothpaste. Now they may pay only a dollar per click there and they'll have a budget of a thousand dollars a day. So they've got a thousand clicks. If you translate that into real estate and what we pay, we could pay up to a hundred, hundred dollars, $150 a click. So 
if we start to speak about conversion and, and coming back to um, the Colgate example, you get a thousand clicks. So if you get like a 5% um, conversion rate on that, um, very quickly, you're going to get say 50, you know, 50, 50 sales on that. Now, if they get 48 or 47 or 45 sales in a day, that, that's not really going to flesh anything out. Now, you translate that to real estate, we only get 10 clicks. If you've got five, a 5% conversion rate, there'll be days you don't get any. So I've spent $1,000, I've got no conversion on that because one conversion would be 10%, right? Then there'll be a day where you might get two conversions and, and so forth. So to not be into the data and understand what is working and what's not when you're only getting 10 opportunities or 10 clicks a day, that's the thing that can burn, um, burn budgets, burn those relationships with agencies and so forth. And I think the bit that we're that I've found is because we we definitely tried this and I'm not going to lie like I, I was managing it all and I'm like Chris want to build all these other products we're trying to launch fast track me we're trying to do all these other elements I want to hand this over to an agency and we did for a couple of months and it was the to the detriment of our business because um, they'd never operated in the real estate game so what they were doing was they were operating it very uh, similarly to um, to a retail game. And then if they're not watching it on a daily basis and not getting that granular, then straight away you start going, hey, we're not getting any leads, what's going on here? And and I think that that was the biggest, I mean, that's the, the biggest, um, I think sort of failure within within this industry is that, yeah, just the people that they're, they're bringing on to manage them just don't have that granularity. Um, so that's that point. I mean, getting into the into the website, it's 100% right. I mean, you, you've done your research, obviously. And um, for us, one of the biggest things that we we coach or, or we teach people about is a lot of people don't even realize that they need to have a website when it comes to PPC. Now, you need a place to send all that traffic. Um, and yes, in Facebook, you can build out lead forms and things like that. But but ideally having a, a site where you've got equity behind it, you've got trust, you've got, you know, um, elements around, these are the locations in, in um, again, relating this to real estate, these are the locations we buy, these are the things we do, here's our reviews, all the rest of it, it adds trust. And, and I guess what we're trying to do here is we're trying to buy property and it's probably one of the biggest assets or the most emotional attachments that we've got. Um, so it's not going to be someone, I wouldn't feel comfortable selling my property to someone that had a, a shonky site that, that, that there was no trust elements on. So the first thing is, yes, we teach them about, um, you know, landing page experience. There's things around site speed because they're all signals that, that now that Google use in terms of your overall Google ranking, um, the way that your quality scores assessed, particularly in PPC. But equally, there's there's the big pieces around the tracking. Without having tracking, um, and when I say tracking, like people know Google Analytics potentially, um, understanding how people interact on your website is the piece to unlock here. So without that, you will not know how they're performing. Like what are the devices? Does, does the website work on a mobile device? Well, yes, I can do user testing on this. Oh, you can't see that on <laughs> my mobile test, but but without getting that mass amount of data of people trying on various devices like Android devices, um, iOS operating systems, these are the, the pixel heights of the screens. Um, you can then start to see breakpoints so you can understand where there are conversion issues. 
And I think that's one of the biggest takeaways in terms of what we try and instill is saying, you can't do PPC without conversion tracking because you need to be able to optimize and know that if, if mobile devices aren't working for you, then, then reduce all bids on um, mobile devices. Just don't bid on mobile devices, switch all your traffic into desktop. And I think that that alone in terms of um, that's a real eye opener for everyone that, you know, the website is so integral to um, to the overall piece because I could be the P best PPC uh, consultant in the world. But if I've got a non-performing website that's not going to be able to capture data because I don't know, the lead form's broken, uh, it doesn't have the right tracking on there, the CRM in the background in terms of the system that it's capturing the information isn't isn't feeding through properly, they're going to question my uh, my ability because the website it, the website's the thing that's not converting. So it's definitely um, like the uh, what would you say the uh, the the partner in terms of um, uh, that relationship between between both marketing and then the place to capture. Well, it's your curb appeal. I think you bring a good point. Like if somebody goes, uh, I'm going to sell a house and you did a really beautiful job on the inside and then somebody shows up and the outside looks like crap, they're going to go, let's just go see a different house, you know? So you want to make it inviting. Yeah. And I think, like you said, it's the first impression they're having with you. So it's like, okay, let me go look a little bit further. And I think even that kind of stuff, like people don't even realize, I, I didn't realize, like even the difference between looking at like how many people are clicking on your desktop versus your mobile and then adjusting your budget for that. Like you have to be studying that stuff or your money is just going out the door. And I, that's why like more and more, I appreciate people like you that really look into that and, and pay attention to the details. And I remember one of my friends said this to me and I was thinking about you when she said it, but she was like, you know, I have some managers that look after stuff. She's like, and some of the younger ones, they're great. They look after every dollar that goes in and out of my property. She's like, and then I have some of the old timers that do stuff with like books and pens and pencils. She goes, and they look after my pennies. And I was like, that's what you need in this business. Because when you have somebody that understands it on a granular level like you, that's the kind of stuff that you look for. It's like, it, it's not all created equal. And, and I feel like there's what you guys are doing. There's a responsibility out there for there to be good people out there. Because like, I, there's so many people that try and go with cheaper and cheaper, just like construction, man. You know, you hire a crappy contractor and you think he's going to do a better job on your house for half the price. And then you don't understand what happened. Like, it's just get the good people in there that know what they're doing. And I think that that's just a huge piece you guys are bringing. It's so true, Nick. I, I, I think, you know, even if you come back to, I mean, our first website cost us $1,500, but that, that, that was the thing that got us from, you know, five, five, uh, five deals to, you know, 80 odd deals. We've only just changed it over now. Well, it got us to the hundred and odd deals. But um, so my point is, I, I guess around that is, um, you know, you, you don't have to have a lot of money to build a website either, um, but it can be high converting uh, and, and any, equally make you a lot of, you know, some good good returns on that. But it is definitely around, like you, like you touched on, I mean, validated, it, it's building up that equity around your business, um, being transparent. Um, the tracking is just so key and I'll, I'll highlight that again. I mean, you've got tools there that you can, again, you can track what elements people are clicking on. Are they going you know, to the bottom of the page, are they staying up the top? So what does that mean? Well, I need to move all my equity up to the top if it's not converting, let's test that. Um, how deep into the navigation are they going? Are they going more than one page? Are they going to two pages? And then the beauty of these tools are that you can build audiences off the back of it. So I can say, right, 
I only want people that go on multiple pages on my website or spend more than say a minute in terms of dwell time or time on site. I build an audience on that and then I can allow Google or Facebook in this instance or what have you, they can build similar audiences so they can find similar characteristics of those people and audiences and, and that tracking enables all that piece. So again, when you think about um, areas for optimization and, and opportunity, so say if your website isn't converting right now, what are those opportunities look like? Have you got the right tracking on there? What does, um, you know, have you built out audiences? Um, yeah, what are the elements that people are using? Is there like redundant, um, redundant assets on your website? So it really unlocks the whole piece. If you have been kicking yourself that you didn't start investing in real estate sooner, whether you're beginner, intermediate or advanced, any way you're looking to get it on a residential, commercial, land development, wholesaling, fix and flips, whatever it is, let's find a way to get you involved in some projects, get you some properties, whether you want to sell some properties to me, whether you want to buy some properties from me, whether residential, fix and flip, cash flow, multifamily, whatever it is you're looking for, let's figure out a way to get you involved or find a way for us to partner up on some deals. Go to www.nicknicknick.com, go on the consultation tab and figure out how to schedule an appointment to talk about where you fit in if you are not sure, or you can just reach out to me on any of my social media channels. If you go on www.nicknicknick.com slash links, you will see all the different ways to connect with me and figure out how we can start to work together, make it happen. Everybody that invests in real estate always just says they wish they did it sooner. Best time to start is today. I love that. No, it's, there's things you can do wrong too, obviously, which I definitely want to ask. And I, and I asked Chris some of this stuff too, but he was kind of like, well, here's what I think, but make sure you, you run this by Ryan because he's kind of the guy. But I saw a lot of people when I was just, you know, Googling Google AdWords and PPC and it was help my account got suspended, help my account got suspended. What's happening that people are doing wrong or some things that people are getting in trouble that their accounts are getting shut down that somebody listening to this can avoid? Yeah, so the, the, there's a few things that have changed, particularly in the real estate space in, um, it happened last year, actually. Uh, it was around November last year where they've removed um, targeting so demographic targeting and what that means is you can no longer target within certain and and there's there's going to be other verticals as right as well right but real estate's one of them where you can no longer uh, target on age demographic um income status um and yeah male, male and female so gender um so if you if you start to do any of that that level of targeting google google will ban you straight away um, other elements are the way that you write your ad copies. So um, there's there's certain things like special characters. There's um, there's loads of different things um, around just the ad copy itself. Um, things like sending them to uh, to to and this is like tactics around um, you know again like bidding on competitor terms and things like that you can get you can get uh you, you know any sort of bad mouthing your competitors in in ad copy there's there's loads of elements that will will force it to not uh that, that google will pick up and and um yeah will remove you so um but no that's the that's the key one really is that is this and oh sorry and and the other elements the real estate targeting is the is the postcode or zip code sorry me using my Australian language. Um, <laughs> zip code is the other one. So we used to be able to target on zip code and that's no longer available. 
So talk about that for a second, because Chris did go into that a little bit. And that that seems like it's a big deal. But from what he was saying, just because you're not doing zip code, you could still do like neighbor like there there is. And, and backing it up a little bit is, is part of the reason I want to say that is um, I got on one of your weekly calls a, a week or so ago and um, and we were talking and I kind of got on like, hey, what's going on with all this changing and the Facebook stuff and the algorithms? And you guys were just kind of like, ah, you know, we're doing this. We're getting around like that. And I realized, you know, it's when you guys are doing this every day, there's always something that's going on that they're switching this and now you can't do this and now you can't do that. Like in anybody, you're using Facebook every day and then they just change Facebook and now the messengers are like, it's no different. And I think on our side of it, not knowing, it's always the end of the world. But for you guys, like that's kind of what you do is you're just kind of pivoting and moving around and bobbing and weaving around the stuff that you're giving them and being solution-based and figuring out ways to work around it. So all this stuff, although it seems like, oh my God, you can't target age, you can't target zip code, it's just another thing that you're working around that's coming up probably on a daily basis. Like it's not, it's not something that's coming up that you're going, this is the end of the world. We can't do Google. It's just kind of par for the course with what you're doing every day from what I understand. Yeah. Yeah. I think you made some, some really good points there. I mean, the Facebook one, obviously that was changing from the 28 day attribution to the seven day attribution. And what that means is, um, if you're attributing a conversion to someone, say if I looked at, um, I don't know, I was on Instagram or I was on Facebook and I saw a t-shirt, right? And then that was over 28, oh, sorry, within say three weeks ago. I've then, I've then thought about that t-shirt going through and saying, geez, I need to buy some new t-shirts. They're all pretty smelly right now, or <laughs> you know, whatever they are. Um, I would then go onto that website and then go in and, and, and then do a little bit of, um, you know, research on them. I may sign up to the newsletter. The next thing you know, I'm getting an email from that, from that that business and or brand and they're saying hey ryan you can now save 10 percent off your first purchase so that's the that's probably the trigger for me to say okay i'm going to go online i'm then going to uh, click through the email go through the checkout buy the t-shirt now the way that it would have previously worked because it was within 28 days facebook would have had an attribution so they would have said oh there was a conversion against that facebook ad the new Facebook would then say, right, uh, sorry, the new the new attribution window on Facebook is now seven days. So that conversion will no longer be attributed to Facebook. So it would have been attributed to, again, depending on the way that you structure it, but it'd either be email or direct, depending on if it's last click or whether it's an assisted conversion. But the Facebook piece would have no longer been attributed. So what people would have seen would have been that their conversions would have drastically decreased because they don't have the size of the uh, the attribution window anymore. Now, in certain industries, having a shorter attribution is fine because like if you think about skincare or toothpaste, if I'm out of toothpaste, I'm gonna buy that within a week. But when you start to consider longer things, so, you know, real estate's probably a good one, to be honest. Um, do they, do they make the sale right then and there within a week? Some, some people do, but then other people, you know, it takes, it takes a few weeks for them to get their, their head around things and, and whether they're going to consider it. So that would have definitely been a change. I know there's the, um, there's all the third party uh, cookie stuff that now, you know, Google is going to, they've, they've pushed that back to 2022 now. So but again, um, I think it's going to implicate Facebook a lot more than Google because a lot of Google's data is first-party data. Um, 
So, um, but yeah, there's definitely lots of changes. I mean, coming back to the Google piece, we, we do have workarounds, which we, we which we teach. Um, I think the issue that we've probably seen, and, and this is this is industry wide, is that um, PPC is increasing, and I think the reason being is because of that that we could all do zip code targeting previously, and what Google's now um, removed is that yes, you have to go into cities, and those cities could have multiple zip codes. Now you could have the same city that one part might be on the waterfront, and you're going to be paying whatever it is millions of dollars, and then you've got the the the, net, the back neighbouring areas which are probably a little bit lower socio demographic. So you know those median house prices might be three or four hundred thousand. But what that means is that you're going to be getting leads from both areas now potentially. Um, or they're going to be using your ad spend because they're wanting to sell their house and and maybe it isn't the the terminology whether it's motivation or or what have you but but again it's not as targeted and what that means is if everyone else is doing the same that pool's increasing and then everyone's costs it's becoming a lot more competitive you're having to bid more um so yeah i think that's been one of the the, the biggest pieces and i know they're changing the match types as well from from a broad match to just phrase and exact match now. And this is getting into the keyword match types, but Google's really trying to um, loosen the restrictiveness on, on people. And what this is going to mean is there's going to be a lot more money spent. Um, I think you, it's just making it be, yeah, it's going to work in Google's favor ultimately, particularly this phrase match stuff. It's just, it's a real worry, I think, from a from a, a person that's experienced in this industry. I think it's you know th these are flags that are telling me that Google needs more money right now, <laughs> um, and um, and they're doing anything they can do to 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 make it more difficult for the everyday user of PPC. So someone that isn't potentially skilled in it um, to obtain more to 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 max out their spend. Well, I think that, that still goes even more back into what we were initially saying of why it's so important that if they're going to be charging more and it's going to be broader, every little bit that you can do to niche down on what you really want to target or trying to find ways to leave out what you don't want. Like you said, hey, I don't want people clicking on my ads that have $4 million properties on the water. You know, I don't want, you know, 17 year olds that are on TikTok, like, oh, whatever it is. I, I think that that really becomes the key of, of really sitting down and it's not the most fun thing. Like I still battle with it ever since the event. It's like, I got to sit down and pick something. And it's hard initially because you feel like if you choose something, you what if I made the wrong decision? But I think it, again, like just to keep reiterating what you're saying, it's okay if you pick something and you go and you start to put some money into it and it's not converting or you're not getting the right clicks, then you correct and you adjust. And yeah. that's a huge thing. I'm reading, um, the, I think it's called The Road Less Stupid. And that was like a big thing that I saw in one of the chapters that I don't hear enough of that kind of made me have less stress about this of everybody who's successful, they do all these same things about like, you know, all the cliche stuff, but the correction was stuff I don't hear enough about. How much of that and how often are you guys really looking at your data and making those corrections on like, okay, a little more of this, a little less of that, yeah. maybe a little bit over here, a little bit over there. Like, is that a daily conversation, a weekly conversation, a monthly conversation? Look, I think you can become uh, pretty obsessed with these sort of things. Like, <laughs> you, you know, like you, you, you're checking it. I remember in the in the first sort of 18 to 24 months, like 
I'm probably checking our lead sheet every sort of 10, 20 minutes, just going, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like it, it's definitely an obsession. Um, And um, I I think nowadays you've got to let things bet in. I mean, this comes back to statistics, right? And, And not to like bore the whole conversation here, but um I think this is fascinating. I love this stuff. Yeah, yeah. This is so, the important stuff, man. Yeah, so we're we're very big around, and this is the way that MVT works: multivariate testing, A/B testing. So again, I'll, I'll quickly give a quick snapshot. A/B testing is when you test an element, and you're you're saying like, right, I'm going to change my call to action, my little button that says cash offer maybe to submit or i'm going to change it from red to green like what what's what is the incremental behavior between those two elements if i change something what what does that do to my conversion rate um coming back to that you need uh, and this is this is statistics 101 you need a big enough sample size to be able to assume a significant uplift in that or a change in behavior so what I'm going to say here is if I've only got three people or four people clicking on the orange button and then I've got three people clicking on the red button, for instance, if I've changed the buttons, who's to say that the next 20 people aren't going to click on the orange or the red? You just don't have a big enough sample size to make a conclusion on that. So that's the bit that people, I think, again, fall, fall, fall down on is that you can make changes every day, but do you have enough data to inform that decision? And and in most cases, you know, just because I've only got 10 clicks and this one's got 15 clicks, should I move all my budget over to that because it's got one conversion, this one's got zero? Well, no, because it's got five more and, and, and whatever else, but you need enough data to inform that. And I think that's the bit that we've had to instill within the guys, or well, I've had to instill within the guys within my <laughs> team. We have to let things run um, yes, we can. It may come out that it's the same conclusion, but you can't draw that conclusion without having the the uh, necessary data there. So, um, with a long-winded uh, uh, response, there we we do definitely make changes, um, and I wouldn't say there's so much on a daily basis anymore. Like heavy heavy lifting. Yes, we'll make tweaks to add copy and and little bits here and there, or we'll change a keyword or pause a keyword, but. Um, but we won't make any major changes without without having the data to validate it. So that might be, you know, once a week, once every few days. Um, we just need the, again, it's all about the, the, the level of data. I think that that's a great answer. And I think it probably comes a lot down to discipline as well. You know, just knowing yeah. like I'm committing to this for X amount of weeks. I'm not going to, you know, the tendency in there until you have enough of a sample size. I think it's great information. And also it's calculated, right? Like you're not going to, um, like I wouldn't be just saying uh, test anything. It's not like, hey, um, <laughs> you know, change this button to like, I don't know, something like red, for instance, like red is never going to work. That's a stopping point. Um, so you would never ch- test something against green. You know what I mean? Like green means go, red means stop. So that's sort of an invalid test in my eyes. So you you would the, the tweaks that you are making that you are testing, they're not going to be extreme where you think, oh, I don't think that's going to work and throw all this money into it because that's never going to work, if you know what I mean. Like there is a bit of gut feel about it as well. But I think anything that, um, you know, that you believe that could equate to, um, a better conversion rate or, or uh, encouraging a behavior that you're wanting to to obtain um, is, is definitely worth a test. 
I think that that's so par for everything that I'm seeing. Like I keep using that term black belts because to me, those are the people that have made all the mistakes and they figured out what works, like what's the best use of your time and energy. And the more I started going around the country as a higher level guy or as a black belt, I stopped having them just teach me whatever they wanted. And I started saying like, this is what I'm already doing. And they would give me these little tiny, hey man, you're going for a choke? Move your hand a little bit this way, move your, oh, turn your hip. It was these little, little things that made mountains move difference, like huge things. So I, I think that that's what you're doing. It's, it's not like you're saying, you know, forget jujitsu, forget real estate. You're going, yeah. it's this little fine tuning stuff that, that that's really the stuff that I think turns, turns the dial. So um, a couple of uh, final things that I want to take up your whole day. I know you got up like really early, but somebody, somebody's right. starting out right now. And then I, I want to j- jump deep into the fast track me course, but like somebody comes up and they go, Hey, I'm investing in real estate. I'm trying to get some new leads or for somebody who's going like, I've already touched base with all the wholesalers and all the realtors and brokers in my town. I need a new lead thing. What would be like some of the, the top three things you would tell them to start out with PPC? Yeah, so I think with PPC, it's it's obviously having having a website. I think without without having a website, again, it's it's just you're not going to well. When I say a website, like there are a lot of templates, there are a lot of templated sites out there, um, and you reeled off a couple. There's WordPress, there's Carrot, there's there's other ones. Um, so I think first and foremost is you need to have a website um, because you need to be able to measure and. When I, when I say website, I'm sort of in, all encompassing with the tracking on the website. Um, the, second, the second part is when you're setting up PPC, I think it comes down to, to knowing what you, well, again, if, if you haven't entered into the game before, I think it's knowing the areas that you're, you're, you've got experience in. So is that, you know, is that multifamily? Is it single family? Is it, I don't know, mobile homes? What is your widget there? Like, uh, oh, sorry, what is your, um, we, we call it our avatar. So what is your point of differentiation? Um, is it places that are under 200,000? Is it 100,000? What, whatever that looks like. So you've got to be really clear on the ideal seller or the, the, the type of house that you're trying um, to acquire. The reason I say that is because I, that doesn't change across industries. Like I've built um, e-commerce, um, I built the digital strategy for L'Oreal um, within U- UK and Europe um, for all for their lux- all their luxury division. I've done that for loads of other brands, and everything's the same. It comes back to the consumer, knowing your consumer. Without that, you can't market. So that is so integral to to PPC because then that helps then the next piece. So, so we've got the, the website, we've got the, the knowing your, your avatar as we call it. And then the third point would be um, always start really restrictive. So when I say restrictive, you wanna be targeting on those locations that you know, don't be going like statewide or anything like that. Try and flesh out um, the motive. Um, what is the reason that someone will want to do that, that behavior? So, um, you know, if I bring it to, if I bring it back to real estate, it's like sell fast. Or if it's if it's in um, if it's in like the skincare world or fashion world, it might be hey, like get um, you know, ten percent off or, or free shipping. Or, or there's got to be a motive in there to encourage that click. Um, but again, coming back to the restriction for someone, I would always go um, an exact match, which means that. Google's not going to allow you to, um, they're not going to fill 
make your ad appear for uh, in relevant terms. And when I say that, um, there's three different match types at the moment, broad match, phrase match, and exact match. Exact match is the most restrictive. So if I say, sell my, if I want to bid on the term, sell my house fast or sell your house fast, that's the only terms your, your, um, your, your ad's going to appear for. If I was to use the word phrase and, and Google will try and encourage you to use phrase and broad, if I had sell my house fast, they could be have sell my boat house fast, sell my doll's house fast, sell my dog's <laughs> house fast. This is where people come unstuck. So I'd always say be as restrictive as possible and that's using exact match, using your locations. Um, yeah, ad copy, you can't really, uh, that's not gonna cost you anything unless they're clicking on your ad anyway. So it's it's getting back to, um, yeah, what are, what are the, the areas? An area for me is one, because that's where your houses are gonna be, the, the, the risks that you're wanting to, or the, um, the type of consumer is gonna be operating. And then the terms are the motive to get them out of there, so. That's such good info. I never thought of that. I'm picturing like my league guy, like I got a guy who wants to sell his house for $5 and then it turns out to be like a Barbie doll dream house. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that's really funny. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, I mean, again, that's the onion, man. You know, it's things that I wouldn't have thought. So fast track me. I know you guys, since the last time we had Chris Kelly on, you guys have been digging a lot. You and I were talking before we started recording about all the adjustments you guys are making to really beef it up and like have different, you're talking about triggers and all the different content and redoing the curriculum. Um, I took the first one. I loved it, man. It was, it was so overwhelming, but so exciting because I got to see all the things that you're doing. And I'm always blown away by realizing how much I still don't know. And like, again, seeing you and seeing Chris, I, I can't say enough great things about it. So Talk about kind of like what's new with the course. What are you guys doing now? What are people going to learn there? Somebody gets on right now and they 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 want to work with you. Is that part of the course or is that a separate thing now to work with you guys for? Because there you are helping a lot of fellow investors we know with their PPC as well. Yeah, yeah. So what what we're trying to do at the moment is um, so one, it's been uh, it's been a lot of me speaking, <laughs> which is <laughs> I like uh, by the way. I think you're a great which, speaker. Which, um, yeah, which is uh, you know it's it's good as a good good and bad uh, elements only because you know we want people to be um, be able to instill a lot of the stuff that we're doing right then and there. It's easy. I mean, you go on these amazing courses and you take home all this information, and because it can be a little not not saying it's technical, but there's just so many takeaways. It's like what do I concentrate on first, and how can I instill that in my business? So. What we're trying to do is is make it a little bit more interactive and enable people to do um, a, a bit more of a workshop. So they'll come to us with some information during the course, and we can we can then sort of and, and also help them problem solve and 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 help them on that that journey, that initial journey. So it's not like we're removing heaps of stuff. It's just making it a little bit more interactive, um, sort of more breakout little points and and helping it that way. Um, in terms of the overall uh, syllabus or the overview of the course, we've, we've got, um, yeah, Chris, he, he talks a, a, around the operations. We talk about, you know, just what, what a um, high performing team looks like, the different processes, um, how to run comps. We've got different um, calculators and things that we use to be able to uh, identify out the exit strategy and, and what's, what is the right strategy. And this is targeted at both wholesalers and fix and flippers or people that do both. Um, then we, we jump into uh, a lot around marketing and it's, it's exactly that, like teaching, um, teaching some tips and tricks around 
understanding um, your ideal consumer. And we can, we, we help um, each of the brands or, or businesses do that, or individuals as well. Um, what are the what are the things that are you know what what should you be looking for because that then translates into all the marketing the next piece is um is the offline piece and i think that's the bit that we've just astronomically um not not that we're completely pivoted towards but it's definitely changed our business the way that we handle data and and we get the free data so data lists and because i'm so um <laughs> um i guess into the detail we have now got every signal so we can tell now um what are the signals like what how many um what whether they need to be absentee are they text delinquent like what are the ones that work and what are the ones that don't work so quite a way we can tell you all the lists that are the, the the highest performing we've even got um tips and tricks tricks around with we've just ran this massive analysis on all the all the skip traces and we've now identified what are the best skip traces um different things around um how just how to get to the the, the owner where no one else can um there's a big piece around all the marketing costs and and um we we've again modeled all this and how to save 60 percent on your marketing costs particularly with the offline piece like people that are doing direct mail and cold calling and everything else um different ways to score and identify the behavioral changes and and the motives within those lists as well is probably the biggest takeaway out of that and then we then go into um, the website. So I talk around um, and, and we actually workshop people's website. So we look at, um, you know, we'll use a few working examples on, on some usability uh, pain points and, and different things around tracking and what we could do to, to increase conversions on those websites. And then the last piece is, is definitely like a PPC um, discussion. So we, we talk about some optimization opportunities, we can look at accounts. And even if you're starting out, I mean, it's all it's all applicable as well. People that are maybe already doing PPC or not doing PPC, we, we break it right down from like the, you know, the simplicity and, and the terminology, and we give out packs around that. And then it's also working into what's working and what's not so um, really clear optimization opportunities. Um, you know, some of the keywords that we use um, and just ways to really hone in and, and come back and and how do you gear it towards finding your ideal seller through all the, you know, everyone that's jumping on the internet right now. How do we find those those people that are that are motivated to convert right now? So um, yeah, there's there's been some really good, um, yeah, we've had some really good feedback. So I know um, Brian and Nate, they they took our course. They went from, um, they've actually just leave, left us this testimonial where they were doing, I think, between three and five deals a month. They're now doing between five and seven deals a, um, a week. So <laughs> like, that's just, um, yeah, it's gone. They've, they've just gone, uh, started to go nationwide. So again, people that might be thinking about how they can expand their operations, which they were doing, they're now going nationwide with what we're doing. So we taught them the, 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 the foundations and the things to do. And now they're just, the business has exploded. So um, in terms of the support and, and the services, we're, we're, we're doing multiple things, actually. We're, we've now got um, email templates. So we're, we've got a, uh, we're using our own email template, um, building that for, for our students. We've got, um, we're currently trying to build an app for the offline piece there's um there's calculators that we're now commercializing so again you've got uh, underwriting 
um, calculators, there's the PPC services. So yeah, there's there's lots going on from a service point of view. Um, and again, that's all you know open in terms of um, we've we've got the ability to support there. It's not you know it's not a hard sell or anything. It's just if people are struggling to scale or they need just you know um, if what what we what we um, talk about translates and and you know they want to test and try, then then we've also got the capacity to do that. So. Awesome. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, not to be salesy about it, but what, one of the things I really liked about the way you set it up is you would kind of get up there and there were some smart people in that room. I mean, Mike Seidel's really smart. Jason Howell's really smart. Yeah, lots of, it was a good lots bunch. Of and, yeah. and you talk and then we'd all kind of be like, just shocked a little bit. And then Chris would kind of come in and be like, all right, let's pick two or three takeaways that we can do from this like now or this week. And it kind of took some of that pressure off of like, yeah, we don't have to do all this. So yeah, it's like right. you said, it, it wasn't like you came up and then it was, okay, and now you have to use this for this and this and this and this. There was enough there that you can go and you can implement some of the things and figure out what you need more help with, what stuff you can take on your own. And there was a lot of information and there was a lot of discussion. And you know, for me, I appreciate data and statistics and analytics but it's hard sometimes to listen to it where I thought you did a great job of presenting it and keeping it interesting. And I thought the course as a whole, switching back and forth between Chris getting up and talking about some of like the exit strategies, bringing up the closer to talk about how they handle some of those incoming leads, and then having you actually bring your computer up and show some of the things you look at. And even opening up with a lot of the free information out there to help really figure out what your avatar really is. I thought it was smart because I think a lot of people don't even realize what's at their fingertips that they can be utilizing. And that was a huge opener to me, just some of those basic free websites that you go, look, this is stuff you guys already have. You just don't really know how to use it. And here's how you can start to do that. So I, I thought it was great, man. I really can't say enough things about it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Nick. And I think, you, I, again, you, you you sort of hit the nail on the head there that, um, you know, we do give you all the resources. We, we, I mean, we, we give you basically all our magic sauce, which I still question at times. <laughs> but, um, but, um, but no, we like we're completely transparent in, in what we do. Um, and I think that's that's the bit that people really buy into. That it's it, that look, there is a little bit of magic only because I know numbers. But, but in essence, like you're getting all the same information that I'm I'm getting. Like I'm not getting any different information to to you or anyone else. So. We are very much about giving away um, because we're all we're all trying to better each other's businesses ultimately. And yes, we've got a free community that we've started, and, and we're, we're wanting to grow that as well. Because you know, the, the more that we succeed, or you guys succeed, the more we succeed in terms of you know students and helping and all the rest of it. So, you know, we are big on, on trying to get people up and running first. And 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 that's one of the other beauties is that you know. If there is anything that you're struggling to implement or anything that um, you know you've forgotten about or you're just like hey ryan you know this or that we, we do have an open forum um within our facebook community so we have facebook lives um we're trying to in increase the frequency of that but you know having access to me chris um the, the other guys that work for me so we are very much around um you know not overwhelming people and and making sure that you can that you can instill or implement the, the the things that we're we're, we're trying to teach you. So, um, but yeah, I think um, no, it's all it's all been good. There's a lot of uh, you know, um, been a lot of positive feedback, and um, like I said, I'm I'm really excited about this next course. Um, yeah, so that's coming up on the the 11th of August. Um, 
which will be great. It's, this one's a virtual one. We're doing it over four weeks, um, three, uh, four hour sessions. And it gives people a bit of time we've found like this, this new structure that we're trying to just trial. Again, we're trialing things, <laughs> but, but it gives people time to implement. So you've got a week to then go away. And if you've got questions and we will we'll go over the last week's session you'll then have yeah the opportunity to come back and ask some more questions around that and then we then we deep dive into the next piece so um so yeah i'm i'm, I'm pretty excited about it oh, so if people want to find out about that they want to find how to register or get information on you know like you know pricing or any of that kind of stuff where would they go to find out how to register for that course yeah so we've got multiple um sort of things going at the moment we've got um so just again you can reach out to me personally if you want to have a chat um mine my email is ryan.clark at fastsellflorida.com um we've also got chris who's ck house flipper if you want to have a look at some of the stuff he's pushing out and and it, it, again you can sort of see you know you can do a bit of research on chris the my business partner um, so CK House Flipper, you can reach out to him directly, or he's also at chris.kelly at farsellflorida.com. Um, we're about to, we, we're just about to launch our website. So I would love to send people there, but, um, but we're just plugging in the e-commerce component at the moment. So it's been a complete bespoke build and it's absolutely amazing. I'm so happy with the website. It's not often you, you walk away where you're just, you know, it's translated to exactly what we want. Um, and it's got all our you know, a lot of our course material on there and everything, but I can't, can't push that at the moment because <laughs> they'll, they'll hit a, an empty domain. So it's, a, it's probably going to be live in the next couple of weeks, but, um, but yeah, they're probably the best, the, the best ways to reach out um, is just directly to myself or, or, or Chris. Um, yeah. Cool. And uh, I'll make sure to push this out soon. So we, people can get it ahead of when that comes out. But if you get that website up and running before anybody listening, Check the show notes. If that website comes out prior, I'll put it on there. Otherwise, any of that contact information that you just gave out, go into the show notes and there'll be direct links to, to reach out to all you yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. I think I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll share you the, the link anyway. If it's not working, then it will be working in the next few weeks. And okay. who knows how further, um, you know, you've probably got a lot of equity within your podcast. So if someone watches <laughs> it further down the line, then at least it's, at least it's there for the future, right? So awesome. nice, man. Ever wanted to play the drums? Or do you want to get your kids some drum lessons to burn some of that energy while they are all locked up? Take advantage of a free drum lesson with one of the tri-state area's most respected drummers, Dan LaMagna. Dan LaMagna has played in such bands as Crown of Thorns, Suicide City, Biohazard, The Real McKenzie's, Sworn Enemy, The Walls of Jericho. He has played all over the world and he is also endorsed by such companies as DW, Vader, and Sabian. Dan has taught Tons of people from all different age groups and all different music styles. He can teach adults, kids, advanced, beginner, any types of styles from metal, all different types of percussion, whatever style you want. Get a free drum lesson today from Dan. All you need to do is text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to 833-632-0585. Again, text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to the number 833 632 0585 for your free online drum lesson. Man, so I like to call this a victory lap as we kind of just, you know, tie things up in a nice bow over here. So a couple of final questions. One of them being, do you have a favorite quote? Um, I do. Uh, probably the one that's probably most relevant to me right now is um, 
uh, and it was more applicable last week because of my my brother and and he was he was in ICU. Um, oh, man, he had a bit of a, an elective surgery. Um, he had an elective surgery and end up uh, the, there was a complication, so he, he's fine now. But uh, but yeah, the quote I think is um, live for live for today because um, yesterday is gone and tomorrow may never come. I think that's good, man. Glad to hear. I, I didn't know what was going on. I'm sorry to hear that, but I'm glad. No, 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 no. It's fine. It's uh, you know, just these things that you uh, you 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 come across, and uh, you know, went in walking, um, you know, healthy and and everything else, and the next thing you know, he's on life support. So to see your to see your brother, Yeezy, my younger sibling, and you you've always protected him through life. To see him like that is, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. So it, it really you know, makes you consider what you're doing um, on a day to day and that, you know, life can be taken quite quickly from you. So um, probably, probably more uh, uh, relatable to me right now, that, that, that quote there. It's a great reminder though. Um, do you have a, a favorite book? Oh, I've got, I've got one that's always stood the test of time. And um, this is just my data brain coming out. So <laughs> People might actually really like this. Um, it's called Outliers. Um, I don't know. Have you read it, Nick? Or I listened to it. I, I, I heard of the audio of it. Yeah, he's got a few books, but um, there's just a lot of stuff that that really translated to me. Like it's a bit like a Moneyball sort of thing, like using statistics. And um, one of it was around um, NHL players, and um, one of his key takeaways in that was, I think you you might be able to correct me on this, but but um, I think it was 80 or 85% of professional NHL hockey players are born between July, uh, I think it's July and September, or, or there's like a two or three month span. And the reason being is because, um, because that's when the season, they'll be the oldest, like, so the, if the season cutoff or the age cutoff starts then in July, August, and, and again, not knowing NHL like that close, <laughs> but, but, but because they're the eldest, like you've got a full 12 months. So, because you're bigger than everyone and you're, you, you, you reach that, that cutoff point, you're, you're, you're the first, you're the eldest in those sections. They, they grow quicker. They're more physical. There's, they get the better coaching. So you're in the better team. And then that, that just cascades over time. So that's snowball, that's snowballs. And, and then, you know, there's a higher likelihood of you being a professional NHL player. So it's interest, it's interest, um, interesting when you when you break down these certain things that um there are a lot of things that are very um uh what's the right word um that that very relatable for me that i can just say yeah okay that there's patterns here in this data um so yeah i really like outliers it was a book that um yeah i've, I've you know i've referred to people that love numbers like you you get a lot of value out of it. things like the rice fields and there's stuff around um around um the great depression there's, there's loads of great nuggets in there and um yeah no i think that's cool man the, the more i read stuff like that the more I'm, I'm just fascinated when you realize that things aren't as you know left up to chance as you might think there are patterns and numbers and stats behind almost everything And when you start to understand them like i'm, I'm sure your brain now looks at everything different once you start to really right. like break those down right <laughs> it's interesting like I, I was only saying this and, and only if you got a, about two more minutes i was um one of the greatest conversations i had with this was this guy in london and um we were talking about business and numbers and this guy was just again a mathematician and i just you just 
like not saying we're having geeky chats, but it was more <laughs> about um about because like I love look, I think we all love I love sport, I love gambling on sport. Um <laughs> and and I think that I'm I'm pretty good at it because I'm like, oh yeah, I know like, you know, just me my, the way my brain's working, but we're never really that good, are we? We can't predict elements, but his the thing that I loved about him, he was a profession, he had an agency and he was a professional um, gambler, like, like mega gambler. Um, and he was like, he goes, what, what sport do you, he goes, I only bet on one sport and I go, okay. And he goes, uh, what do you reckon that sport is? And I, and this is where my mathematics brain starts ticking. And I'm like, okay, you're going to remove all variables. It can't be a team sport. It's got to be an individual sport because it's injury. <laughs> if a major player goes down, anything like this. Um, and, and then I go, I actually said, I started to think about it. I go golf, tennis, you've got too many elements in golf. There's too many different courses, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, he goes, you're right. He goes, you said it before it's tennis. And I go, okay. And he goes, yeah, because he goes, I don't bet on, I don't bet on any, he only bets on the four majors per year because he knows they're turning up to play. So it's no warm up tournaments, anything else. He goes, you've got control of weather because it doesn't rain. You've got control of the surface because it's the same surface, like whether it's grass, whatever it is. Um, it's the one player against each other. And he said, now with sports statistics and everything, you can get all of it online. Like you can build models, you can build statistical models offline because he's got he's got all that information at hand. And he's like, I spend all my money, like you'll put down like say 10 or I think it's somewhere around 10 or $20 million bet on one game. And it'll be because he'll know that the probability is so high. So he always said like, and even he went down to the players. So it was always like Djokovic, Federer, I think it was in the dull at that point of view, at that point. And he's like, first round, second round, third round, whatever it is, he knows they're getting into like round four or five, whatever. And also on top of that, he would then layer, like if they're up by one set, say if they're up in the first set, he'd know the probability is like 99.995 or whatever it is. So like, right, 10 million on this, on this game. And I was just like, that's so cool. Like <laughs> I love like speaking about people like that because again, he's using all the data he's used, he's built data models and he's, he's validating like all his, he's hedging his bets. And I think, you know, just coming full circle, I think that's what we try to do. We just, you know, try and remove all the variables and just say, right, what, what, what do we do well at? What do we, you know, what are we best at? And I think in that case, it's, it's just, yeah, it, it translated to me. So uh, yeah, I'll just still think, of, I still think about that business. I just think that's, so, such a cool idea he's just found his niche and he knows he knows what he's doing so won't deviate from what he knows and that's you know and the numbers don't lie so i love that man i, I think like you're saying that really sums everything up because i'm always talking about whatever you do bring your a game to it and that's like the whole gist of the podcast and that's a guy who takes something and goes like i'm gonna kick this thing's ass i'm gonna like yeah. dig deep and like you like you said whether it's gambling whether it's real estate he probably doesn't even think of it, of it as gambling because to him, no. it's numbers. You know what I mean? And I think that's exactly like you said, like anything people are doing in life that they're making money and they're successful in, there's always going to be a level of risk. How do you start to eliminate that risk to put the odds more in your favor? And I think, like you said, that's exactly what you guys are doing. Yeah. And he doesn't deviate, which is the bit I love because I think quite quickly you can get caught up going, Oh, this is, you know, the, the what do they call it? The, the shiny object syndrome. Oh, oh yeah. That looks, that looks amazing over there. Or like, let's do that. And actually it takes you away from what you do. You do well at. Right. So. 
Awesome, man. So last question for you that I think is a very important one, not to put you too much on the spot, but you know, I, I know Chris pretty well now, you know, big fan of Chris. I, I've met you and I've seen how you guys interact and how you work together. And you seem to have a really good thing and partnerships, especially partnerships that now that I know is actually family related, they don't always mesh well like that. What is some advice you can give on working with a partner to keep that mutual respect? And, and I mean, you guys are obviously so friendly too. So it's not like you work and then you don't talk again for three months. So like just some tips for people that are partnering to kind of help more of a healthy relationship and balance. Yeah, I think it's definitely um, knowing your strengths, like who, what, what's your, what's your strengths, but equally what's your weaknesses. Um, I mean, I've come from a lot of big businesses, so um, worked in massive corporate environments and Chris has always run his own company. So I think within that he's got his own way of doing things and then I've got my own way. So I think we'd try and take a bit of a blended approach for the first time this year. We ran a, um, uh, I, I ran the day, we took him offside our team, ran a, um, a strategy day where we, we really sort of dug into the culture and, and everything else, which we hadn't done before. And that, that actually blew up a lot of insight, which, um, you know, from my side was really interesting and equally from Chris, but, you know, again, Chris was really, um, willing to give me the opportunity to do that. So he knows what my strengths are of, of managed big teams, high performance teams before, whereas he's probably been more, yes, he's got a team and things like that, but he's more into, hey, this is where I'm going. This is what I'm doing, you know, um, leaves sort of the team to do their own things. Whereas I probably not, not saying that I, I like to control them, but I like to get feedback from the team, knowing what we're doing right and wrong. So I think that the big thing there is, yeah, knowing each other's strengths and, and what each other are, are good at. Definitely also identifying what the weaknesses are. Um, we try not to stay in each other's pockets too much, like in terms of like wanting to know what each other's doing. We have like a weekly <laughs> catch up and, and, and things like that. We know that, you know, we've both got our own um, priorities in terms of what we're going to get on with, but we need to make sure that they're aligned too. There's no point in me going off and starting to do things that aren't going to be able to be implemented into the business. So from a marketing or a, like I do a lot of the, um, uh, a lot of the big data pieces around um, like KPIs and scoring and dashboards. And we, we keep all our staff um, and, and guys accountable. So they've all got individual KPIs and then we've got company KPIs as well. So I manage all that side to do more of the sort of strategy in terms of where we're going, what do the products look like? Whereas Chris is more into the day to day. Um, but again, like, you know, he, he definitely needs support on the day to day as well. So we just got to make sure that we're aligned on what those priorities look like. We're, we're pretty, we're pretty good on in terms of like having shared documents in terms of like, these are what our workflows currently are. These are the, this is what our roadmap looks like. Um, having regular ch uh, catch-ups is, is integral as well. Um, so yeah, look, I'm not saying that we don't have our fallouts either. We definitely <laughs> have them as well. I think that comes with any business, but I think you've got to be able to recover. You've got to be transparent and you've got to just be on the same page. And, and I think those things only happen when, when you sort of start to go a bit like that, um, that your, your, your visions or your, your ideals don't align. So it's just making sure that you're on the same page. I think is the key takeaway there. 
I think that that's great info, you know, and I think, like you said, two of the things you touched on were communication and mutual respect. And, you know, I, I've talked to both of you separately and you both always say really nice things about the other one. And, you know, I, I think that mutual respect is is very well deserved. I'm very impressed with both of you guys. I've appreciated everything that you've shared, everything that he shared. And I've really enjoyed getting to know you guys personally, professionally. So I thank you very much for giving me all your time today and giving our audience all this insight. Any final thoughts before I let you go? As I, I know I took up a lot more of your time than you planned. So I do appreciate that. No, 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 Nick. Like I said, it's, uh, I know we've promised this for a little while, so we should probably try and make it a little bit more regular. And that's probably why we haven't been able to squeeze it into an hour. But, you know, I, I think there's, I think you've asked some amazing questions and I, I love people digging into my mind. Cause I think that's the, that's the bit that I've always, um, I, I'm very analytical and, uh, like people and, and I'm a problem solver. So I never see anything black and white. I always have to challenge the gray or I have to see it on either side because as an analytical person, I could make something look ex exceptionally good or exceptionally bad just by the <laughs> way that I explain it. So that conversion rate could be amazing, but it could also be really, really bad. Do you know what I mean? So I'm always challenging like my thought process and my, my thought pattern and um, always trying to problem solve. So I like coming up against um some really good interesting questions because it helps me to try and you'll probably see me pause it's because the the wheels are turning at times and um <laughs> you know trying trying to figure out the, the answer or the way that i would i would figure out that answer so no i really enjoyed uh enjoyed today's session it was great and thanks for having me on Anytime, man. I, I find it fascinating. I love all the stuff you're doing, man. I could talk to you for hours. I look forward to learning some more stuff and implementing it. Any final thoughts before I let you go? No, that's all. That's all. I think from my side, I'm just saying that don't, I'm not normally this white, by the way. It's uh, some sort of spotlight. <laughs> I mean, it's been bothering me all session. I'm like, geez. Hey, I'm man, really you, you need some L'Oreal products to get your skin yeah, blemished. Hey, <laughs> the eyes. That, that's working well. I get all free L'Oreal. There you go. Uh, it's just it's the, it's the color of my skin right now. It's this this light. So I need, to, need to buy into one of those. I'm, I'm currently in the process of getting one of those, uh, getting a little bit more um, maybe <laughs> socially influenced, like a better better filter on my face. <laughs> no worries, man. Yeah, I'm sure we can plug in for somebody. But I think you look great. I think you sound great. And I think this has been awesome, man. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Ryan Clark, ladies and gentlemen. Have a great day, man.